Welcome to Finance Friday on the Kenza Pod. Kenza Collective is a platform dedicated to educating, inspiring, and empowering parents who work for themselves. Check out KenzaCollective.com to learn more about our mission and to find resources to help you on your journey. Together, let's reinvent what it means to be a working parent. My name is Tiffany Jones. I'm the founder and CEO of Kenza. Each week on the podcast, you can join me and our CFO, Beth Gummery, as we help you navigate the tricky business of working for yourself while also raising a family. We're honored to have you here with us. Let's get started. Don't go into a life of crime just because you made a mistake. Figure out how to fix it. Don't do schemes. Welcome to this week's episode of Finance Friday. Today, we are talking to Beth about the top 10 finance fails that she has seen time and time again during the course of her career helping small businesses untangle some financial messes. You know, regardless of what content we provide for you, dear listeners, whether that's a podcast episode, a blog, an online course, whatever it is, our ultimate hope and goal is that we can teach you how to avoid costly and stressful mistakes in your freelance business. We want to enable you to focus as much energy as possible on providing a great service or product to your clients and being able to create a flexible lifestyle for yourself and your family. We don't want you having to focus on preventable, stressful situations. Can I say that? Preventable, stressful, in the same thing? (laughs) You guys get what I'm saying. I went off script and that's what happens. The stress can be prevented. There we go. So yeah, in today's episode, Beth's going to walk us through these top 10 finance fails so that we can avoid them. Before we dive in, I wanted to share a very exciting announcement. There's something I've been working on for a while, and it's finally out just for you. Um, So I recently finished putting together a free mini course. It's less than 25 minutes, and it teaches you how to use our capacity planning tool. And when you sign up for the course, you're going to gain access to a Google Drive folder where you can make a copy of this capacity planning tool right into your own drive and get started using it right away. So I created this tool, which is really just a simple spreadsheet, uh, when I was running an incredibly busy graphic and web design and development agency. And I needed to be able to see at a glance when our agency and our team was available to start a new project, who on our team was overloaded or was about to become overloaded, and then they were going to become burned out, Um, who had capacity to take something on. Um, I just needed something that I could literally, like if if the owner looked over at me and said, Hey Tiff, when can we start this project? It's, this is the project, when can we start it? I could look at this and within like 15 seconds tell him when we could start and who on the team could take it on. Um, so what I did is I took that tool and I translated it to work for my own business, my own freelancing business, so that I can quickly and easily figure out how to juggle all of my responsibilities between clients and parenting. Um, I started sharing this with a lot of my freelancing friends and they have just raved about how helpful it's been for them. So I am really excited that I've been able to make this available to you all completely for free. So really what this tool is going to do is in about 10, maybe 15 minutes each week, you're going to go through and update it. Um, It may not even take you that long. 
and you're going to be able to get a high level overview of all the projects and clients you're juggling mixed with your family responsibilities and very quickly see where you should prioritize yourself. You're going to be able to see when a lull in work and cash flow is coming and when you may have a crazy day or a crazy week looming. Um, so the ultimate point of this tool is to help you get out ahead of problems and stress so that you can be preventative and make a plan. So if this sounds interesting to you, head over to kenzacollective.com slash process to sign up and get started right away. And obviously I will include that link in the show notes here, but that's kenzacollective.com slash process. And um, once you sign up, you will be logged into your Kenza library and be able to access it right away. It's only 20, less than 25 minutes. So why not give it a shot? Am I right? Or am I right? <laughs> Thanks, Tiff. I think it's really valuable. And, um, and somewhere down the, the, the line here, um, hopefully soon, I'm going to do a similar thing with cash planning. And I think that that's the combination of these two things is going to be just dynamite for people yeah. that are looking to plan their lives out and, and think about what's ahead. I love it. I can't wait. And then maybe, just maybe, we will meld the tools together and make the ultimate freelancers planning tool. If dun, only dun, dun. we knew people that worked in software. If only. If only. <laughs> All right. So let's dive into finance fails. Finance fails. <laughs> um, well, <laughs> thanks, Tiff. Um, I have, as we all know, I've been a freelance accountant for many years, almost two decades, as a matter of fact. Um, and so here are some things I, I thought about, you know, I've had over 50 clients in the last 19-ish years. And um, this is kind of a list of things I've seen people do wrong uh, multiple times. So it's, these are, <laughs> these are recurring themes. And I wanted to share these with all of you because although your company may not be big enough for some of these yet, here's a heads up for what not to do when you do get to that point. And um, finance fail number one is thinking that not paying your bills is a good strategy. That is never a good strategy. Please do not do this. It will come back to haunt you. Remember that when you commit to hiring someone or you accept a service for your company, you must also make sure you can afford it. If you can't, don't do it. When you wait to pay a vendor, you may be creating undue stress for them. Remember, vendors a lot of the times are also small business owners. Not paying a bill within the terms of the agreement is going to be a negative thing for your credit eventually. And what I see in practice is that people who keep the cash moving are in better shape financially than those who don't pay their bills as a strategy or drag their feet. If you can pay your bills as soon as possible, it's done, it's out of your bank account, and what is left can be used for other things. Also, just a heads up, if you're not paying someone because you have cash flow problems, be honest with them. Don't hide from them and try to you know, pretend things. Just, just tell them the truth. And then work on fixing it. And we spoke a few minutes ago about a cash flow projection tool um, that could be used in these instances. I love that last little point, Beth. That's that's a really good one. Don't ghost people. Yeah. You know? Don't be that person. Be honest. Yeah. And and maybe you can say, hey, if you, you know, let's say you owe a vendor a thousand dollars and you just say, hey man, here's kind of the situation. Would you mind if we set up $50 a week payments for a little while or something, just show good faith because what goes around comes around as they exactly. say. 
Exactly. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy or gal. (laughs) Um, Which brings us to finance fail number two, not managing your cash. And so again, we will do a cash calculation in another chapter here on the platform, but get into the habit of living within your means, whatever that means for your company. And do a cash projection, whether you do the one we're going to show you or you invent your own thing. This can be as simple as a back of the envelope calculation of what you have now plus what you know is coming in this month for income minus what you know you need to pay out. Um, Just do the arithmetic there. Or a quick Excel spreadsheet covering the same information that you update daily or weekly. As crazy as this sounds, and I know this is going to sound crazy, I have used this very simple technique to turn around companies and build reserves. Sometimes the simplest answers are the best answers. So don't skip this step. Love it. I have nothing to add. (laughs) (laughs) Item number three, finance fail number three, money person as utility player. Once you get to the size where you're not doing your own accounting anymore and you have to hire a bookkeeper or accountant or AP coordinator or payroll supervisor or money person, um, don't throw every other odd job in the office at that person. You know, if you have to have a part-time money person and a part-time admin person, that's great. Let them be two different people. Um, let Get someone else to do the odd jobs, run errands, answer phones. If you want correct accounting, let your accountant do their work. Whatever you do, don't interrupt them repeatedly. Schedule meetings to talk about all you need to talk about and then let them do their work the rest of the time. They are doing a large number of important transactions, so leave them alone. I really love this one. <laughs> I also think, too, it's like a matter of like respect for that person's yeah. job. You know, yeah. They're not less important just because they're not talking all the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? They've got their head down and they're working. That does not mean come interrupt them mm-hmm. because you don't hear them. It means... They're busy working on your work, which is important, very important work. You want to have your bank, your bank account reconciled correctly. You want your vendor payments to go out correctly. You don't want, you know, somebody's in the middle of doing your bank reconciliation and then they have to answer five phone calls, which involve getting up and running around and finding things and driving things over to people's house. You know, no, do not do that to your accountant ever. Leave them be, let them work. I like it. Number four, spending non-revenue cash without a plan and causing your P&L to show a loss. Now, this is a little more sophisticated um, for those of you who um, are starting to build somewhat bigger companies. Maybe you're creating a startup and it has some investment or you're taking out a loan to start your company because you need to buy inventory or you need to uh, invest in some equipment. Um, when you accept investment money or loan, remember that is, it is going into your balance sheet. It is not going on to your P and L as revenue. So revenue minus expenses equals net income. If you are spending more than you are making an income, you will have a negative net income. Be careful about this. 
be cho- be make good plans about what you're spending and how much of that money you're going to be spending within your year, within your quarter. Um, on the other hand, if you're using this money for fixed assets or inventory and are careful and deliberate about it, you can minimize this loss. So keep this in mind. In other words, if someone is investing in your company and then you are turning around and taking that money and further investing it in your company, that is going to make your financials look a lot better than if you take a big chunk of money and you say, great, we're all going to Vegas. You know, make sure that you're spending it on things that are part of your plan and be very careful about how you're doing that. Um, Investment or a loan are just the beginning of a chapter, not the end of the story. Your investors or lenders will want to see that they helped you, not that they caused your P&L to crater. Yeah, and this is, like you said at the beginning, going a little bit deeper. And one thing I do want to say to a lot of people who may have listened to that and went, wait, what? Um, is, <laughs> is that Beth and I have been talking recently about how helpful, and this is kind of selfishly for me, I'm just going to say how helpful it would be to have a quick, probably mini course of accounting basics, accounting 101, the stuff we didn't learn in high school or college, especially if you were say a film major or a psychology major or something like that. This is just not covered. Um, and so we want to go over terms and just kind of what is a PNL? How does that work? What does that look like? And do some things like that. So um, keep an eye out for that resource because I think that will be really, really helpful. Yeah. And for those of you who got all the, who grokked all of that, what I just said, um, hopefully that's useful for you. And we can, we can absolutely discuss this more in more detail um, if anybody needs to understand this a little bit better. Um, we're here for you. Um, so finance fail number five. This is something that you can probably relate to a little bit more. Pretending employees are contractors. So we have a new law in California called AB5, and some other states are implementing similar laws in order to protect people from exploitation, basically. So when you bring someone in to do work for you, unless they are very obviously and verifiably business owners, pay them as employees. While you aren't withholding payroll taxes, that means that you are also not paying into their Medicare and Social Security accounts, nor helping them meet their federal and state income tax obligations. If someone works in your office every day doing your work on your schedule and under your direction, they are probably an employee. Pay them that way. That's also something to think about all you freelancers. Um, how do you really demonstrate when you're working with a client? How can you make sure that it's very clear that you're a business owner? Um, so, you know, don't be going and working in their office. You know, they say, come in from eight to 10 and work, do this and do that. And you're doing stuff that the person next to you is doing exactly the same thing. And they're an employee and you're a contractor. Something's wrong with that picture. So make sure that uh, you're, you're really make, be sure to be in compliance with all of the laws on this one. Um, even if the, even if the client is kind of dragging their feet on it, it's up to you to sort of make sure you're taken care of the correct way. Finance fail number six. Number six, 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 six. <laughs> Misrepresentation. Okay. We talked earlier about ghosting and not paying your bills and things like that. 
similarly, don't go into a life of crime just because you made a mistake. Figure out how to fix it. Don't do schemes. If you underpaid your taxes, make it right. If you owe someone money, pay them. Don't hide. Don't pretend. Tell the truth and you never have to remember your story. I love that. When I was reading through this, I, this was my, don't go into a life of crime. <laughs> make a mistake. <laughs> don't let your gigantic <laughs> ego force you into a life of crime. Just, just own up, you know, say, oh gosh, I made a mistake. I did not send that form in that I was supposed to send in. I really, you know, if you, if you miss a deadline on something, just send it in when you remember. And, you know, if you need to maybe call them and say, oh my gosh, I did the worst thing and I forgot to send this form in and oh my gosh, just do it as soon as you remember and don't, don't then hide and, you know, oh, you know, I didn't do it right. You can pound the problem when you, when you don't, you know, fess up and, and do it right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. This is pretty straightforward. What's yeah. It? I mean, hopefully this is all stuff you guys learned in kindergarten. <laughs> <laughs> Stakes are just a little higher now. Stakes are a little higher. And some of the terms like P&L and balance sheet might be a little more abstract for you, but you know, we're here for you and we'll try to explain all of this to you at, in due time. I love it. Finance fail number seven, not asking for help. Now, remember, you don't know everything. No one does. I don't. Tiffany doesn't. Nobody, nobody knows everything. So ask questions, but more importantly, listen to the answers. And you don't have to get, accept all the advice that you get, but at least hear it and take it under consideration. And you may yeah. throw it out, but at least hear it. Yeah. And this is... Um... Uh, uh, something that is a recurring theme that I feel like has been coming up for us lately as we record podcasts and get them scheduled, especially around finances and tax taxes, the importance of investing in talking to experts or at least finding free resources in your community like the SBDC or something like that to, to talk to experts in these areas and to decipher the information um, is just crucial. And it's really important and it should be a part of your business plan. It should be a part of your business expense plan and you should just really consider talking to experts as much as you possibly can. And then once you talk to them, now, you know, now you will have the information. Yeah. And you can start to build your own expertise. Yeah, exactly. Number eight. This is, this is a, this one's unforgivable. You guys not backing up your accounting records. So whether you're on QuickBooks or a spreadsheet or whatever it is, however you're keeping your, your financial records, make sure you do a backup, preferably one that will be kept in a different place from the computer that has your financial records on it. So one of the things I've done is uh, when I went to different people's offices to work, I would bring a flash drive with me. And when I was done with their QuickBooks for the day, I'd back up a copy and take it with me. And then if their building burned down overnight or something crazy happened or there was a flood or the computer died, I could say, not to worry, I have a flash drive on which I have backed up your QuickBooks so we can restore it to a different computer. Um, and, and you can really save the day with this stuff. So make sure you're doing it. Um, and if you have 
important papers, um, make PDFs of them and keep them someplace else, again, besides the office. Um, you may, you're going to need to find them on short notice in some cases, uh, your articles of incorporation or, or set up documents for your company, make PDFs of all that stuff, put that on a flash drive, put that flash drive someplace safe. If you ever need to pull this stuff up, you have it and you know where it is. Um, you may have audits or reasons you need to do that kind of thing. Um, and make sure that if you have an outside accountant or bookkeeper, that they have a plan for this as well. And just work that out with them when you first start working with them. Yeah, and that's actually a really good point, This that last part you said, because, you know, for me in particular, and I'm sure a lot of freelancers can relate to this, I use an online service um, called FreshBooks to manage my, um, you know, my finances, as a business finances. And it's making me <laughs> realize, I'm just going to fess up, that I've never really done my homework into what their backup plan is and how they're backing up records. And maybe I should be scheduling something every quarter where I go in and download all my records and keep them in my Google drive and make that redundant. Um, because man, that would suck if something were to happen to fresh books and they somehow went down and somehow lost all my data. And, um, you know, I remember we talked to Kirsten, um, about tax basics um, and which is episode number 10 tax basics for us freelancers. And, um, one of the things that she talks about and that really stuck with me is she said, you know, it's no one else's responsibility to do your taxes, to file your taxes, to remember when your taxes are due. That's on you. And there may be nice services that do that. Or maybe your accountant is nice and does that at the end of the day, this is your name. This is your gig. And so I think maybe the same principle applies to this is wherever you're keeping your records, whether it's on a spreadsheet on your desktop or you're using a service, it's on you, not that service to make sure that your records are backed up and kept safe. Um, mm -hmm. So that's a lesson for me as well. And I'm sure other people out there. And speaking of emergencies, uh, finance fail number nine, lack of redundancy or a backup plan for emergencies. So that means you know, what if um, something happens, you you get really sick, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, we, we have a lot of unknowns right now. Um, make sure that you have backup plans, make sure you have a backup signer for checks. I mean, what if you're really, really sick, and you can't, you know, you have to pay bills, and you can't even you don't even have somebody else who can sign checks for you. And also make sure that is not the person who writes the checks. Um, but somebody else, you know, if you have a spouse or a partner and you're starting a company, maybe you put them on as your backup person or, you know, somebody, a trusted associate and knowing that they'll never really have to do this unless there's a dire emergency. Um, they don't have to do any of the accounting. They don't have to do anything else. They just have to be able to be a person who can sign. So um, keep that in mind. Think of what your disaster plan might be. Um, and, you know, if you have to travel or, heaven forbid, get sick or um, you have some urgent things to deal with at home or whatever it is, make sure business can still be conducted. Um, create an operating plan for your company, whether that's a binder in the office or a Google Doc. Um, explaining how things work. Make sure your financial operations have clear guidelines about who does what. And just basically be prepared. I know it, this is one of those exercises that it's going to feel a little silly 
to do while everything's fine. This is just like packing your earthquake bag for your car. Um, but once you do it, you know, it's there and you can know that if something terrible happens, there's a plan. Um, which brings us to, speaking of don't have the backup signer be the person who writes the checks, which brings us to lack of check and checks and balances. This is a finance fail that I see a lot of. Um, and that is where, you know, one person has the ability to do too many things. It's fine if it's you because you're the business owner, but like don't have... Um, don't be a sitting duck for fraud. So everything you do should have a second set of eyes, especially if it's financially related. So anytime you're, you're creating um, checks or, or, you know, wiring money out of your bank account, um, make sure that that's authorized, uh, separate the financial duties. One person writes the checks, another person reviews the checks and back up and signs them. One person enters the transaction, another person reconciles the bank statements. Things like that will make sure um, that not only you're covered, but those people that are doing those different tasks are covered as well, because it allows them to do a part of it, and the, another person does the other part of the process, and then that way they know that they're doing the best that they can um, to show transparency and to do things correctly. Yeah, um... That sounds like a no-brainer, but one of those things that is easy to just let slip and then, um, and then bad things can happen. Well, and, you know, if you don't, in all fairness, you know, a lot of us when we start our companies don't have a lot of extra personnel uh, sitting around waiting for things to do. You know, we're, we're doing this ourselves in, in a lot of cases um, and juggling life and family life and a bunch of other things at the same time. But but think about this stuff. Think about how um, you can use some of these best practices um, to be smart about your finances. Yeah. So let's do a quick recap. Number one, don't think that not paying your bills is a good strategy. Fess up, be honest. Number two, fail is not managing your cash properly. The number three fail is having your money person be a utility player in the company. Uh, number four is spending non-revenue cash without a plan, which causes your P&L to show a loss. Number five is uh, pretending that employees are contractors. Number six is misrepresentation. Don't go into a life of crime because you made a mistake. <laughs> Number seven, the fail is not asking for help. Ask for help, people. Ask Number for help. The, ask for help. Number eight, fail, not backing up your accounting records. The number nine fail is lack of redundancy or backup plan for emergencies. And the number 10 is a lack of checks, checks and balances. Woo! Those are pretty legit. I like that. Too legit to quit. Yeah, way too legit to quit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I wanted to make a quick final announcement about this podcast episode and all others previous and moving forward. Um, we are now taking all of our podcast episodes and we are summarizing them on the website. Um, and this is not a transcription. We're not just transcribing what we say on the episode. It's actually like you could either read the blog or you could listen to the podcast 
and you would get the same information. Um, you can also reference them later. You can check out links. It's like show notes on crack. You know, it's a lot. It's the whole episode. <laughs> Beth almost just spit out her LaCroix. Um, but you can, you know, you can share it with people. You can reference it later. All of that great stuff. And the other big reason why this is actually um, something I've been passionate about from day one when I was trying to birth this thing is, um, you know, sometimes as parents, we have the ability to listen to a podcast, you know, we're doing dishes, we're out for a walk, we're doing something, and we can just pop our headphones in and listen to a podcast easily. Other times, it's easier for us to read something. And um, some people can listen to things and really take in the information. Some people can read things and take in the information. And the point is, we want all of our content to be as accessible to you as possible. It's like, it's one of the main values of our company. And it's something that we really want to stick to is that the information is always going to be accessible to you in whatever way works for you in that particular moment. So that's another big reason why we wanted these to be summarized. So um, head over to kenzacollective.com slash podcast. And we've categorized things. You can search the blog. So if you're looking for something specific to taxes, you can search taxes and find a podcast episode or read the summary. Um, so our goal is as time goes on and we build up this treasure trove of free information for you that's searchable and is categorized, it's just going to be your go-to place for all things uh, freelance and small business and independent contractor info. So just want to leave everybody with that because I'm really excited that that's happening. Right on. Yeah. Well done. All right, everyone, we're going to sign off for today. As always, check out kenzacollective.com and sign up for our newsletter there. And be sure to join the conversation on Instagram and Twitter at Kenza Collective. Let us know if you have any feedback, questions, any content you want us to talk about, share with you, teach you, whatever it is. We are here to serve you. Have and a if great we don't day. know the answer, we'll find out the answer. That's right. And if we can't find out the answer, tough luck. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We'll find if, it. If we can't find out the answer, it might not exist. And we might have to make something up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a good one. And we will talk to you on the next Kenza Pod.